0: In a world where we have so many choices, it can be hard to stomach a claim of exclusivity from Christians. Well, we look at the topic of Jesus being the only way to heaven? Aren't you a bit narrow-minded to believe in today's world that Jesus is really the only way to heaven? Besides, what about those who have never heard? How can you tell me God is good when many people die each day without hearing about Jesus? Is it fair to create someone and then never give them a chance to learn about their creator? That is not a God I want. That is an unjust God. Have you ever heard those arguments? Or more than that, have you ever felt those questions yourself? Is Jesus really the only way to heaven? And if someone never hears of him, will they die only to spend eternity in hell? Well, on today's program of Christianity Still Makes Sense, we address these issues. Welcome to the show that loves doubters. Here on Christianity Still Makes Sense, we are making sense of the doubts that can deconstruct our Christian faith with a near apostate and now pastor and apologist, Dr. Bobby Conway. I'm your host, Tim Hull. Well, Bobby, let's dive in here. In a world with coexist bumper stickers, why do you think it is so hard for people to stomach the idea of Jesus being the only way to heaven?
1: I think in large part, Tim, it seems very exclusive in a pluralistic culture like the one that we find ourselves living in. It seems myopic and narrow-minded, rigid, overly black and white, even downright judgmental especially in our internet age, right? We're supposed to be beyond such particularities, so to speak, because the world seems smaller and all of us know people that have different worldviews than the one that we grew up with. And so you do, you see bumper stickers on cars that have the symbol uh, coexist and you see the different religions reflected through the symbols. I do think that's a true and false statement from the standpoint we can coexist and by being gracious to each other and loving to each other and living together. I mean, that's possible that that happens sometimes, right? When our flesh doesn't get in the way, but it's false to claim that all of these truth claims are equal. And that is because, They contradict one another. Uh, You know, when you look at these different statements, um, you know, God cannot not be and be, right? Either God exists or he doesn't. So theism uh, and atheism can't both be true. And neither can uh, theism and polytheism uh, both be true. God can't be one God and many gods. Hmm. So when you consider these different claims, uh, you end up for example, seeing where they go their different ways. So just take the topic of salvation. Christianity says we're saved through faith alone in Christ. Muslims believe that you're saved through belief in Allah, his prophet, you know, in good works, for instance, the five pillars, Buddhism, uh, they hold to the fact that salvation is obtained by losing your desire through uh, the Eightfold Path and Four Noble Truths, right? They say the reason that we suffer is because of the desires that we have. Uh, and when these desires that we have aren't realized, we suffer because we had our hopes in something. So to the Buddhist, you know, you're know, you gonna find salvation when you lose your desire. The problem with that though, is you have to have the desire to lose the desire. Hinduism says salvation comes eventually uh, by overcoming karma and reincarnations through good works And in humanism, salvation isn't necessary. Rather, just make the most of life. So if you look at a coexist bumper sticker, while we want to coexist in a friendly way with Buddhists and Hindus and humanists and Muslims, uh, we can't say that these beliefs don't matter because they make different claims.
0: Uh, Well, in your conversations that you've had with people and in your research, uh, what do you think are some of the primary objections that people, uh, you know, kind of leverage to get around Jesus being the only way?
1: There are a number of statements that you will hear uh, where you can hear the tune of pluralism playing. Mm -hmm. Uh, The lyrics go something like this. Uh, There's one destination, yet many paths. Sincerity is all that matters. It wouldn't be fair for God to do that. Only narrow-minded people believe that. Those are the kind of lyrics that are played to the tune of pluralism. So let's just take, for example, there's one destination, yet many paths. Uh, I've had opportunities where I have been engaging non-believers and sharing with them the gospel. And they'll say this popular phrase that I'm sure you've heard of before, Tim, that getting to heaven is like climbing a mountain right? There's many paths, but they all lead to the top. Uh, While that might be true with climbing a a mountain, uh, here's a a point where a nice sounding illustration doesn't correspond to our worldview. In fact, that illustration doesn't work uh, for the Muslim either, right? You can't be a Muslim and just say, hey, just climb whatever pathway, because if you're believing in Jesus as the son of God, you've committed the sin of shirk. That's a problem. Um, right. Others would say, oh, it's it's kind of like plugging in an address in MapQuest, and it produces a report. It might be quicker to get to heaven, you know, if you believe in Jesus, uh, kind of the fastest route of sorts, but you can still ultimately get there through another way. Uh, and that's the problem with saying there's one destination in many paths. You can come up with all these illustrations, but the illustrations aren't, Uh, enough uh, to really get us there because even the illustrations contradict the worldview and the claim that the worldview is making. Other uh, lyrics is like, sincerity is all that matters. Uh, But the problem with this, Tim, is you can be sincere and be sincerely wrong, right? I mean, they used to believe that the earth was flat when all along it was wrong. They were sincere, but they were sincerely wrong.
0: Exactly. Or they
1: used to believe that the sun orbited the earth, but It's now just the opposite, sincere, but sincerely wrong. Take, for example, the carb craze of the 90s. Uh, You're about, you know, 10 years younger than me, Tim. Uh, But you would even remember the carb craze. In fact, you know, as your dear friend, that I have accused you of having a carb craze because you don't eat meat. (laughs) Both of those things are
0: true, yes.
1: Hey, I still have a carb craze. I love carbs. But the problem is is I I have to have that in balance. Uh, When I was playing high school baseball and I even went on to play college baseball, but during high school at the time, I was believing this lie that I needed to eat as many carbs as possible on game day. So I would bring a loaf of Iron Kids bread to school and I would literally, Tim, try to eat an entire loaf of bread between uh, my first class and game time. Mm. Now, uh, I was sincere, but I was sincerely wrong. And I'm sure that caused some problems in my life. Response, Tim? (laughs)
0: Well, I, I, I agree. I mean, I was told the same thing. Like we were sold always to eat pasta on game day. That's usually what you would have either, you oh. know, for dinner or, a, you know, after school snack or whatever. I don't remember pounding a loaf of bread very much, but um, <laughs> but but again, I do enjoy, uh, you know, my carbs. But uh, yes, it is true that I am a vegetarian and don't eat meat, but I, I also enjoy carbs. So <laughs> yes. Yeah,
1: I know. It's just incredible, though, that at times, the way even in the world of nutrition, nutritionists have been saying things like, this is what you need, and we believe it as gospel truth. Uh, We're all being sincere. The problem is, is we were just wrong. Another lyric, Tim, would be, it wouldn't be fair for God to do that. Uh, But we know, biblically speaking, that uh, God is just. And so I would just think that when we consider Christianity, at least there's grace on that worldview. I mean, think about Hinduism uh, and karma and reincarnation and how exhausting that worldview is. Uh, Think about the pressures that you have to live under with Islam and wondering if no matter how good you are in your life, will Allah receive you? Hmm. I mean, at least on Christianity, we can know that there's a gracious God. Uh, You know, when we think about atheism, uh, people will say, uh, that just seems like the best way to go uh, for some people. But really, I mean, number one, the problem uh, of atheism, it just seems so anti-intellectual to me that even in the midst of my doubts, I couldn't bring myself to atheism. It just seemed completely absurd as I would listen to atheists rant about us believing in miracles while, they believe in a miracle that I can't even stomach, that nothing took nothing and made all this. Mm. But with atheism, here's a big problem. There is no ultimate justice. Uh, so I would say with Christianity, while it, some might say, hey, it wouldn't be fair for God to do that. We can know that God is just. But think about these other worldviews. Uh, there is no justice. What's fair on atheism, right? If you get away with stuff. So uh what is true should be our driving question and not only that god presents himself as i said as just people will also say tim as i mentioned only narrow-minded people would believe uh, you know in christianity would believe that jesus is the only way to heaven but suppose i felt it was too narrow of a recipe to mandate that i include sugar for my cupcakes let's say i was out of sugar uh, but i did have salt Well, how would those cupcakes come out? They wouldn't be cupcakes, would they, Tim, right? And as you know, it takes certain ingredients to make cupcakes. Regular unleaded is what the car calls for. Well, if I say I want diesel, I like diesel. Well, that's going to create a problem. So truth is narrow, right? I mean, nine times three will always be 27. And every belief claim is narrow. The question is, what is true?
0: Uh, it, it's funny that you bring the idea of putting the wrong, like gasoline or the wrong fuel, in a car over Thanksgiving. Um, recently, uh, my cousin's husband, somebody, pumped his gas and put regular unleaded in his. Diesel truck and uh, oh. it, it was a real a real disaster for them. So yeah, I mean we, we, you know we, we can't get away from some of those uh, truth claims. I, I do want to talk about uh, maybe what the Bible says specifically about that. But before we get there, I want to just remind our audience that this show is available in an audio only podcast, and you can find the link for that in our website uh, at ChristianityStillMakesSense.com. This is also a listener supported show. We covet your um, your gifts, your prayers, uh, anything that you feel like you can give. And that just might be sharing this episode out on social media would greatly really, would just really, we'd really appreciate it. It would help us out a lot. Also something free that you can do to support the show is like, share, and subscribe to our channel on YouTube. You can also give financially at our website by clicking donate. So let's jump back in here, Bobby, and talk a little bit about, uh, what the Bible has taught about, um, Particularism along the way, so i.e., worshiping the right God. So, what does the Bible say about this topic?
1: When we look at scripture, Tim, uh, we can clearly see, uh, you know, when we're considering the Old Testament, that God is not a fan of pluralism, mm. and He's never been a fan of pluralism. Uh, that is one of the things that the prophets are calling people out of constantly in the Old Testament. Uh, challenging uh, God's people to quit adopting the gods of the surrounding cultures that are referred to as no gods, Mm. because the Bible recognizes there's one God. Uh, I would also say it's the reason that they went into captivity, or a major reason that they went into captivity was adopting uh, the gods of the surrounding nations. Mm. Uh, God's people have always been obsessed with trying to fit in Uh, with wanting to be liked, with adopting the ways of the culture around them. And God has always called his people to stand out, uh, to believe in him. And God's ways are not the culture's ways. And God's ways are not our ways. And there is no other God. So think about when God rescues uh, God, his people out of Egypt. Well, all the plagues that fell, those were just direct attacks on the so called gods of the Egyptians, right? Like the sun god Ra, right? And, you know, the sun is turned to darkness. And so we can see that God was showing his authority and his power over all of their pseudo beliefs. But then what happens? God's people go into the wilderness and Moses goes up to Mount Sinai. And it's Mardi Gras at the base of the mountain as they're melting down gold and dancing around a golden calf. And this was just seen as unbelievable that in spite of what God has just done, they didn't get the fact that they got to let go of this idolatry. They've got to let go of these beliefs in other gods. This kind of thought does not please the heart of God.
0: But, but, I mean, as you're describing some of that, isn't that largely just kind of a notion that's found mainly in the Old Testament? Doesn't God, you know, soften up over time? You know, isn't Jesus, Jesus much more pluralistic? I mean, clearly he he kind of opens the world of salvation from just the Jews only to the Gentiles. You know, didn't you know, he, he's clearly, you know, kind of softening this whole thing up. How would you respond to something like that? Uh,
1: yeah, I would say the way you're stating it is the way that a lot of people do think about that. And you're being a good devil's advocate, but Jesus did think that he was the only way. And uh, that's what matters is what he thinks. I mean, think about it, Tim, if Jesus believed that there was another way to heaven. And if he believed that people could just trust in these other gods, then he would have been a complete fool to die on a cross for our sins, believing he was the only way. In fact, in John 14, six, he even said, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the father except through me. Now, where is the father? Well, the father is in heaven, right? Jesus said in John 14, i "I'm, you know, in my father's house, there's many rooms, right? I'm gonna go and prepare a place for you. But Jesus says, hey, if you want to get there, I am the way. Now, if you've ever seen Polar Express, we've watched that many times. Usually, every year at Christmas, we watch that, The Grinch, Elf, and uh, you know, this oh, is yeah. where people are like, "I'm done listening." This guy, <laughs> he's listening, or he's he's watching The Grinch. I can't believe it. Yeah, we'll watch some of those things, but you know, not at the expense of remembering what the season's all about. But I do love the movie Polar Express. In fact, uh, as we watch it. Uh, You know, I think about the conductor of the train when he asks one important item uh, from each of the individuals before they board the train and head to the North Pole. And he's asking for that golden ticket. And he'll say, tickets, please. Well, Jesus doesn't tell us how to get to the North Pole, but he does tell us how to get to heaven. And in this verse, he describes himself, Tim, as the golden ticket. Um, The way that we uh, get to heaven is we board the train that Jesus created for us through his death on the cross. In fact, Jesus said in John 3, 36, whoever believes in the son has eternal life. Whoever does not obey the son shall not see life, but the wrath of God remains on him. So Jesus clearly believed that he was the way that we get to heaven.
0: So, but it's clear that Jesus taught this, but what did Jesus, what did his followers, what are the people that came after him, the apostles, the disciples, the church fathers, did did they understand Jesus to be saying the same thing?
1: Absolutely. I mean, think about, you know, the church breaks out uh, in Acts chapter two when the spirit uh, falls uh, at Pentecost and all the people would travel the Roman road system because people from uh, the different surrounding nations were there at Pentecost. They'd take the gospel back to their respective areas, and then the church begins blowing up and growing. By Acts chapter 4, I mean, we're reading this powerful declaration uh, from the apostles, and there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. So their entire ministry was dedicated, Tim, to pointing people to Christ. If he was just a great option, they wouldn't have lost their lives trying to see others saved. Right. The entire early church was mobilized around spreading the gospel to the world. They were adamant about getting the name of Jesus to places it had not been. In fact, it was Paul's passion as he said to take Jesus to places where the gospel has never
0: arrived. Well, we're we're going to we're going to close the show with uh you know addressing maybe some uh you know, just some ideas of, of what we can do in a pluralistic culture. But one of the things that we're going to talk about next week is what about those who have never heard? Will they be saved? But as we wrap up, like I said, I, I want you to give some advice to Christians as we consider the exclusive claims of Jesus in this pluralistic society. So give give us some some ways to think about this.
1: So I think that we need to recognize that people are influenced for sure, through a pluralistic culture. And this obviously is a cause of much doubt for people, Tim. In fact, I went through a season where this question caused some doubt me. In Jude's epistle, we read, be merciful to those who doubt. So we are living in an age where uh, we are experiencing a lot of confusion because we are no longer secluded and sequestered you know, in a world or in a Bible belt where no other beliefs can bump up against us, or uh, the West is no longer uh, primarily Christian. Uh, what we're seeing is the world has moved next door, and there's all kinds of different beliefs that are out there. And then with the internet and social media, We're constantly hearing ideas. We have access to uh, different memes that uh, paint Christianity in a bad light or minimize our belief in God. And people are in this place where they find themselves asking, you know, is this true? How can I be sure? So we need to recognize that pluralism has influenced our culture. Now, that doesn't mean when we recognize that pluralism has influenced our culture that we agree with pluralism. Uh, But we can validate that it may be hard uh, for people who are influenced through this pluralistic worldview, that it can be hard for them to digest a narrow claim. But I think we can help them by pointing out how all claims that people make are going to be narrow. So, for example, if the relativist says, all truth claims are equal, uh, then we could say, well, that's narrow-minded because you only believe that, you know, all truth claims are equal. But if somebody doesn't believe all truth claims are equal, you'll say they're wrong. That's narrow-minded. Or we can help them to see that, you know, just being sincere uh, is not enough. And we can give them illustrations like I did in our discussion together today, Tim, that uh, being sincere, uh, that's good, but we can be sincerely wrong and we can point that out. So by showing the person who wants to believe in pluralism, that it produces contradictions and sincerity is not enough. Hopefully we can help them to begin to realize that while they've been built by a pluralistic culture and it's what they hold to, it doesn't mean it's true. I would say um, there's some things that we can do. Um, you know, again, it's we can recognize these claims can't all be true, that they contradict each other, uh, as I mentioned. Um, and so that should be enough to let you know that while it may, be, may sound good to say sincerity is enough, uh, it's not right because these claims do contradict each other. Uh, I want to be sincere as I'm contending here, but I also want to believe what's true. So that's something you can point out. Go, that's great. You want to be sincere, but don't you also want to believe it's true? Uh, so uh, I think we can quickly show that pluralism is false as we begin to start diving into some of these things that I'm talking about, like sincerity is not enough, the claim that pluralism true presents these contradictions. So I think the last thing is we should aspire to coexist in love, but not think that uh, you know we coexist equally on truth claims. So when we have these conversations, what does it look like to coexist in love and yet realize that these claims do present obstacles and contradictions? And as Christians, we can show that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, and the way out of the absurdities that these contradictions present to us on pluralism.
0: Well, I think that's an excellent place to end this discussion is that we coexist in love. So again, we can have our, our beliefs that are specific and they're true and, and we can contend for those beliefs, but that we need to coexist in love. Any final thoughts here, Bobby, as we close up?
1: Nope. I would just say, don't be surprised that people are confused in this world today, but hold fast to Jesus, hold fast to his claims. And this isn't new. In the uh, Greco-Roman world in the first century, pluralism was rampant. And so when Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life, and when the disciples were claiming that, guess what? They were living in a similar type of culture as ours today. And the church bursted forth from that place amen.
0: Well, I'll reiterate that we should coexist in love because I love that statement. I think it's um, words that we should continue to live by. And with that, we will wrap up this show of Christianity Still Makes Sense. We hope to meet you next week as we discuss uh, the issue about those who have never heard of Jesus. What is their fate? What is the Christian uh, view on that? What, what are other views on that? And we look forward to meeting you next time. Thank you for checking out this episode of Christianity Still Makes Sense. This show is just one of the many resources available to those who are doubting their Christian faith. You can also find others at ChristianityStillMakesSense.com. This is a listener-supported show, and your gift of any amount helps shows like this continue. Click on the Donate link on our website. Also, catch Bobby on Pastor's Respective, where he answers your questions. Finally, if you're watching on YouTube, be sure to click Subscribe and check out our other videos on the channel. This show was sponsored by K-Wave and Calvary Chapel Costa Mesa.